take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Psalm 142. Psalm 142. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. If you're able to this morning, Psalm 142. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. There's, there's been a lot of sickness going around. A lot got some folks out today, flu, and I guess some with COVID, and, and some with just plain old meanness. Amen. But anyway, uh, we're glad you're here this morning. And the uh, Lord's good all the time. doesn't matter what we're going through. Good to see Sister Norma back uh, with us today and be much in prayer for her. She's continuing uh, her recovery. We've got others that are, are sick and, and out. We'll just pray for them and uh, God just be with them. Psalm 142, we'll begin reading verse 1. It says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I cry or did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord, I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry. For I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. If you look back in verse 5 will be our text. It will begin with this morning. It says, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, He is More Than Enough. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning, and Lord, we're asking that you would meet with us. And Lord, I pray that as we come together, help us to understand the need of every Christian here to live for you. And Lord, help us in our trials and our difficulties and our struggles to realize that you're more than enough. Lord, so many times we take it upon ourselves to think that we can't uh, see the answer that's needed, and yet you're more than enough. Lord, there's maybe somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They don't know if they was to die today that they'd go to heaven. Lord, help them to realize this morning that you're more than enough and that you can save their soul. doesn't matter what has happened in their life. Lord, you're able to save them, but they've got to come to you, and you're more than enough. I pray, Lord, that you bless the preaching of thy word. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. We see David here, he's in a lot of difficulties and great distress and in heartache of troubles and, and struggles here in this psalm as he's uh, praying here. But he calls on the Lord and reminds himself that the Lord is enough. The Lord's enough. You know, we look around at a lot of things that's taking place today and I mean there's troubles on every hand, there's difficulties, I understand that. Uh, you know, we hear things about Russia uh, has moved in close to the Ukraine and flexing their muscles and uh, they're threatening to go in and start war there. And we know how that that will affect the economy and the stock market and all this sort of stuff. And we begin to, to worry about that. We worry and there's the, the COVID and there's financial problems around the world and there's financial problems and 
in this country and there's government problems in the country and there's government problems here and there and there's, there's problems in, in, the, in, in our state and there's problems in our towns and there's problems in our homes and boy, we just begin. Can I tell you something? I'm not here to talk about those problems this morning. But what I'm here to do is tell you that God's enough. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ is enough to take you through your problem. He's enough to, to carry you through over the problem, the troubles that, that surround you. It may be a health problem. It may be a, a financial problem. It might be whatever it is. But can I tell you that I want to shove aside whatever that problem is. And I want you to understand this morning that the Lord, He's more than enough to, to bring you through and bring you out on the other side of your troubles and your trials in this life. David said that hope and help was not found in any man around him. You know, a lot of times we get to look into this person and that person for help and struggles in our life, and we begin to try to find somebody to fix the problem for us. You know, every, I don't care who you are in here, you try to fix it yourself, don't you? You try to fix it yourself. I've always been one of those that I, I'm tied as the bark on a tree, and when something breaks in the house... I want to fix it. I don't want to call somebody else, have them come in and fix it. I start working on it. I've always done that. I've saved a lot of money. I've probably lost some too. But anyway, I, I, the fact is, is that I've always been one of those type, if it breaks, I want to fix it. I want to do what needs to be done. I don't want to have to call somebody else. But many times in our lives, we're looking to somebody else to fix the problem. We're looking to somebody else to take care of our problems and our, and, and our troubles in our life. And, and David, in, in verses 3 and 4, listen to him. He says, when, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me. Boy, he, he's down. He's, he's discouraged here. He said, then thou knewest my path. Lord, you know which, what's going on here. In the way where I, wherein I walked, I have privately laid, they have privately laid a snare for me. But look at verse 4, it says, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that, that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. He said, there's nobody. There's those overwhelming times when you can look on your right hand. You can look on your left hand. You can look up the street. You can look down the street. You can look in the newspaper. You can look on the internet. You can look to their neighbor, you, whatever it is, and nobody's there to help you. No one's there to, to pull you out, to meet the need, to find the help that you need in your troubles. David said that refuge had failed him. There was no place to go, no one to help, no one who cared for his soul. He was, in a, he was overwhelmed here. Sometimes you may feel that way. You may feel overwhelmed and you may feel like, man, nobody cares. And you look for this person to help and nobody helps. You look to this person and nobody helps. Can I tell you this morning, just to be honest with you, everybody's got troubles. Everybody's got difficulties of some sort. There's always something. And to be honest with you, many people live within their own little world and they don't care about your troubles. Hate to break it to you, but that's just about the way, what it is. But there is one that cares. There is one that is able to meet the need in your life. There is one. And let me tell you about this one this morning. There's one that cares. There's one that is more than enough to take care of, of your troubles. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the one that cares so much for you. David said no one cared for his soul. Look back there in verse 4 again. It says that, and I looked on my right hand and beheld there was no man that, uh, that would know me. A refuge failed me. And Nosa said no man cared for my soul. No one cared for my soul. 
David said, you know what? I had troubles. I had problems. But even beyond my problems and my difficulties, he said, there's no one that really cared about my soul. He goes beyond the need of his flesh. He goes beyond the need of the day that he feels like to meet his needs. He said, there's no one that cared for my soul. Talking about even for eternity. He said, I looked around and nobody really cared about my soul. Oh, they may have cared about his money. They may have cared uh, that, uh, how he might help them. They might have cared about his position as a leader, the job that he might give them and that, that they might have, and they, they might have cared about his power and how they, they could use his name in influence with others. But other than that, they really didn't care about his soul. They really didn't care. But they cared not for his greatest need, and that was his soul. Can I tell you this morning? The greatest need in this room right now is your soul. Greatest need. You say, well, preacher, I've got this bill that, that's coming up. It's, you know, I, don't, I, I just don't see any way of paying this bill. And that's my greatest need. No, the greatest need this morning is your soul. You say, well, preacher, I, I've, got the, I've got this health issue that's going on and the doctors are not sure what's going to happen and they don't know what to do about it. Can I tell you? And that's my greatest need. No, your greatest need is your soul. You say, well, preacher, I, 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 I'm by myself and I need, I need, to, I, I need to, uh, somebody. I need somebody. I need that relationship uh, with somebody. And that's my greatest need. No, can I tell you that your greatest need is your soul? Well, preacher, I got the pink slip and I'm losing my job. My greatest need is my job. I need to get a job, preacher. Can I tell you that's not your greatest need? Your greatest need is your soul. You say, well, preacher, I, they told us that I'm being evicted and, and I haven't moved out. I'm trying to find a place. Can't find any place I can afford. That's my greatest need is to have some place to lay my head uh, next week and because i got to move out and I need some place to sleep and some place to, to, to be. And I, can I tell you, though, that may be a great need in your life. That is not your greatest need. Your greatest need this morning is your soul. One day every person in this room, you're going to step out of this body. And it doesn't matter how much money you've got. It doesn't matter what kind of house you live in. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter how many friends you have. It doesn't matter who you're married to. It doesn't matter uh, who knows you and who don't know you. What matters is your soul. Where you're going to spend eternity. We sit so many times by and we think about, well, you know, I'll take care of that later. My friend, your greatest need today is your soul. To know that you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I'm not talking about a hope so, a maybe so, or, or I'm working on type salvation. I'm talking about a no-so salvation. The Bible says these things over in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. says, These things have I written unto you that you might know that you have eternal life. It's a no-so salvation, knowing that you're saved. Over the years, I've talked to different ones. Asked them if they knew if they died. I, I even asked a lady this week. Uh, she'd come in and... And we was and we, I gave her some help and everything. And but I, one of the first things I asked her, I gave her some, a couple gospel tracts along with the other. And I said, "Hey, listen," I said, 
I, I need to know. I said, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you was to die today, do you know you go to heaven? Her response is, yes, I do. And we talked a little bit more. The greatest need is to know where you'll spend eternity when your heart quits. Say, oh, preacher, I'm young. Doesn't matter. Young people die all the time. Well, preacher, I, I, I'm, the, I'm the picture of health. A lot of healthy people die all the time. Well, 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 well preacher, I, I've got, I got a lot of things I need to do yet, and, and surely the Lord wouldn't take me. I've got a lot of responsibilities with family. A lot of people die with great responsibilities. The greatest need is your soul where you're going to spend eternity one day. The Bible says no man knoweth the day or hour when the Lord may come back. In fact, the Bible says that our life is even as a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. David said, no man cared for my soul. Though you look on the right hand, you look on the left, you find no one who truly cares for your soul. Can I tell you this morning, there's one that cares. His name is Jesus Christ. He's more than enough to, to care for your soul. When he was hanging on the cross himself, right across from him, there was a, on both sides of him, there was two thieves and murderers hanging on those, on those crosses there uh, on Calvary. And, and he was in the middle cross. And, and, and even in his agony and even in his own pain, dying and about to take his last breath, the man on one side looks at him and says, remember me. He said, thou art the, the, the son of God. Remember me when I come into thy kingdom. And, and even in his agony, Jesus Christ, as he was dying, he was enough to save that man's soul and take him to heaven with him. Amen. He's more than enough. The lady at the well, she had been married five times and the man that she was living with, she was living with a man at that time and she was living in sin and and she'd come to the well in the middle of the day when nobody else would come. They would come either of a morning or of the evening when it was cooler. But she would go in the middle of the day because, no doubt, because she didn't want to hear the snickers and the laughs and the, the ridicule from, from the other ladies as they would come to draw water at that well. Her life was a mess. But there was one that was more than enough. His name was Jesus. And you know what he said? I must... Needs go by way of Samaria. Why? Because he knew there'd be a woman at the well that needed a Savior. He cared for her soul. All those people in that city, in that town, cared not for that lady's soul. But Jesus Christ, as he walked that old, old dusty road, and, and normally they would not even went by way of Samaria. They went around it because of the Jews had nothing to do with the Samaritans. They, they classified them as half-breeds. They called them dogs and had nothing to do with them. But Jesus said, I must needs go by way of Samaria. And why? Because there was a lady coming that nobody cared for her soul, but he cared for her soul. And he went by that way so that he could tell her how she could receive Jesus Christ as her Savior, how she could be saved. Boy, that day she, she got saved. And as the old saying, she... She left the water pot and took the well home. Amen. The fact is, is that many times we don't realize how much she cares. There was a woman that was taken in adultery. 
they had been trying to catch Jesus in some of his teachings and some of his sayings. And so they, they found the opportunity and they took a woman. And, and, and it, it, you say, well, how do you know that it was a setup? Because they didn't bring the man. It was a setup. Because by Levitical law, the man should have been brought also and they both should have been stoned. By Levitical law. But they brought, the, they brought the woman instead of the man. They brought him to Jesus and said, you know, what are you going to say about this, Jesus? Uh, uh, Moses said, uh, through the law that we're to stone her, what do you say? What they didn't realize is that they brought her, brought her to the right one. He was more than enough to take care of her need. And he wasn't going to be with a stone. My friend, that day that woman got saved. He was more than enough. He cared for her soul. He cared for her eternity. He cared about everything about her. And he was more than enough. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you this morning that though no, no man cares for your soul, there's one who does. His name is Jesus. And he's more than enough to save your soul. Can I, can I just be real blunt this morning? As I look out across this auditorium, y'all look mighty fine, but that doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Real nice looking bunch, but that doesn't mean you're going to heaven. But there's one that cares for your soul. His name is Jesus Christ. And he died at Calvary so that you could be saved. You must put your faith and trust in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Not in a name on a building. Not in a preacher. Not in, not in, in money that you put in the offering plate. Not in doing good works. Not in the baptistry, but your hope is in Jesus Christ and, and He cares for your soul. And this morning, He wants to save you if you'll but put your faith and trust in Him. Oh, but preacher, you don't know what I've done. Don't have to. He's more than enough to take care of it. But preacher, I've been messed up in this and messed up in that and, and I, I just can't get saved. Oh, yes, you can. He's more than enough to save your soul. Preacher, it's been over 2,000 years since Jesus Christ died on that cross and that blood was shed. Do you think there's still enough to save me? Oh, there's more than enough. There's more than enough. Preacher, do you think that even though when I was younger and I rejected the Lord that, and didn't get saved, do you think the Lord would still save me? Oh, there's more than enough. Oh, how He loves you and how He cares for you and He'll save your soul. He's more than enough to change your life. He's more than enough to save your soul. David said his spirit was overwhelmed. Verse 3 said, My spirit was overwhelmed within me. Then thou knewest my path. He said, Lord, you know my heartache. You know the burden I carry. Lord, you know my brokenness. You know when I, what I, when I feel like and I can't go on and I can't stand. He said, you know, you know those things. Lord, you know the path that I'm on. Can I tell you this morning, this preacher may not know what you're going through. Even the person sitting next to you may not know what you're going through. But there's one that does. And he's more than enough to take care of it. You see, sometimes there's things that we battle within our own hearts and our minds and our lives. And nobody else knows about it, we think. But there is one. It's Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this morning, He knows how you feel. 
He knows your hurt. He knows your heartache. He knows the, the struggle that's in your life, whatever it is. You say, well, preacher, it's not a big thing, but I'm struggling. He knows what it is. And he cares about it. In Hebrews 4.15, he says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. David cried unto the Lord there in, in verse 5. He said, I cried unto thee, O Lord. Oh, I, I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. He's saying, Lord, you're my refuge. You're the one that I can run to. Hey, listen to me this morning, Christian. He's the one that you can run to. But preacher, can he take care? He's more than enough this morning. But preacher, can you, if you run, he's your refuge. Go to that refuge. Find that protection under him. He's more than enough. He not only said, you're my refuge, he said, but you're my portion. He said, preacher, what's he talking about? Did you ever sit down at the table, got everybody sitting there, and boy, you got the big, you got the big table out, and you got all food strolled all the way down through the other end, and it'd just be nice to get up and kind of graze around the table, you know what I mean? But instead, they say, instead of us passing everything, this stuff is really hot, pass your plate and we'll fill it for you. And mama takes and she puts a little spoon of your favorite mashed potatoes in there. And you're looking at her. You're thinking, surely she's going to dig that spoon in for another spoonful. And you're waiting for her to take that spoon and go after some more. And she reaches for the broccoli. <laughs> and you clear your throat. <clears throat> and she says, you want some more potatoes? Yes, ma'am. She gets in and she dips that spoon down a little deeper. <laughs> Man, she gives you a portion. She gets the broccoli. You like broccoli too. Said, Mom, put a little of that cheese sauce on there too. And she puts it in there. Uh, <clears throat> you want a little more? Gets on down there to the fried chicken. Somebody reaches for the favorite piece that you want, and you're, <clears throat> oh, you want that piece? <clears throat> if you don't care. And they reach over and grab that big piece of fried chicken breast or, or a thigh, whatever you want, and they put that on there. It goes on down, and they say, you want some gravy? <laughs> and they put a little bit of gravy on there, and you're saying, more? Before long, the, it's taken two people to carry your plate back up to you. <laughs> Say, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm talking about God is our portion. Yeah. He knows. I've never, I've never ate at one of these real fancy restaurants. I've seen pictures of people that go in. They, they pay 70, 80, 100, 125, $150 for a plate. And it's got these little bitty green things and a little bitty red thing and a little bitty white thing. And it's all arranged. Look like a flower. Come on, man, give me some mashed potatoes and gravy. 
That's not a portion. That, 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 that wouldn't keep a mouse alive, amen? God says, come on now, let's give him a portion. And, and David said, you're my refuge. He said, you're, you're the one I can run to. And, and Lord, you're my portion. And, and man, you are a big portion, God. Boy, you, you feel me. You take care of me. You know what I need. You know what I like. You, you love me. And Lord, you're my portion. Lord, you're more than enough. You're more than enough. You're my refuge. You're my portion. You're all that I need. Fanny Crosby, the blind songwriter, wrote a song, Give Me Jesus. It's in our hymnal. She says, take the world, but give me Jesus. All its joys are but a name, but His love abideth ever through eternal years the same. Oh, the height and the depth of mercy. Oh, the length and breadth of love. Oh, the fullness of redemption. Pledge of endless life above. Take the world, but give me Jesus. Sweetest comfort of my soul. With my Savior watching o'er me, I can sing through the, though the billows roll. Take the world, but give me Jesus. Let me view His constant smile. Then throughout my pilgrimage journey, Light will ever cheer, a light will cheer me all the while. Take the world, but give me Jesus. In his cross, my trust shall be, till with clearer, brighter vision, face to face, my Lord, I see. Here's a blind woman in the, in the very last verse of that when she's talking about take the world, take everything that the world's got, take the sight, take everything that I don't have. She said, but give me Jesus. In the last part she said, till with clearer, brighter vision, face to face, my Lord, I'll see. Here's a woman that had never saw in her life and she said, he's my portion and one day I'm going to step into his presence and, and I'm going to see him face to face. But even right now, he's more than enough for me. More than enough. More than enough. Can I tell you this morning, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. He's more than enough to take care of it. Oh, he's more than enough. I believe with David, he's more than enough for our great need today. There in verse 1, and I don't know how yours is written. It may be at the top of the verse, but mine is, is, is within the verse. It says, Masculine of David, a prayer when he was in, in the cave. It's telling about when David wrote this psalm. And he goes on, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord, excuse me, with the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. As I said, notice there that it says masculine, M-A-S-C-H-I-L of David. That means, that is a prayer there in that cave that he's praying. But masculine means instructive. Masculine means instructive. It is an instructive prayer of David. You say, well, well preacher, that sounds kind of strange. It's an instructive prayer of David. And, and he's praying unto the Lord. Is he instructing the Lord? No, he's not instructing the Lord. He's instructing himself. He's reminding himself that the Lord is enough. He's reminding himself that it doesn't matter what I face. The Lord is more than enough. He's reminding himself. He's my refuge and he is my portion. He's, remind, he's instructing himself. And I believe as he's praying that, he may be praying it out loud. And his mighty men are in that cave with him. 
And they, they know that, that uh, Saul and his armies are, are trying to find them and hunting them like a, like a wild animal, wanting to kill them and kill David. And, and they're in that cave hiding out. And, and here they hear David saying, Lord, you're more than enough for me. Lord, you're the greatest thing. You're my refuge and you're my portion. And he's not only instructing himself and reminding himself of how good God is to him and that God will take care of everything, but he's reminding all of those that are around him, God's enough for you. And God God's enough for me. God will take care of all these things. Boys, this whole world begins to collapse. As things begin to, to, to come down to the closing days and the closing hours of life and, uh, here and, and the closing out of this world, you say, what do you mean? What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about the Lord's getting ready to come back. He's getting ready to split that eastern sky. He's getting ready to step out on those clouds. He's getting ready to let that trump sound. He's getting ready to, to shout to, to catch us out of here. That's what I'm talking about. And if you're saved, you'll be caught out in, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. The dead will rise first out of, out of the grave. Some people say that's the Baptist or the deadest. But anyway, they'll rise out of the grave and, and they'll make it up into heaven and those who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet him in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. He's more than enough to take care of those things. Preacher, what you're talking about? I'm talking about he's getting ready to come back. I'm talking about we're talking about closing this thing in. I'm talking about taking that thing in just like a book. Heck, that thing, life is like this and he's getting ready to say, okay, I'm getting ready to come back and I'm getting ready to close it all up and we're about right there. And he goes, it's finished. You look around you. You hear the news. You say, why is Russia strutting, flexing her muscles over there? Because they're getting ready to become that superpower that's going to come over in and attack Israel that's called the Ezekiel 38 war. Well, preacher, isn't that going to happen after the tribulation starts? Don't think so. You mean that that move into the Ukraine? No, that's just one step. That's just one step. When Afghanistan was turned back over into that Muslim control, it brought together a group that is spoken of in Ezekiel 38. He's getting ready to close the book. It's coming together like a kid's jigsaw puzzle. Not like one of these 10,000 piece ones that, that we get and start on and throw it away. I'm talking about one that you and I can finish. It's got six pieces in it. And can I tell you something? He's getting ready to put the last piece in. Oh, but whoa, 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 whoa. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. You see, he's high enough, nobody can get over him. He's wide enough, nobody can get around him. He's deep enough, nobody can get under him. Can I tell you something? He's powerful enough, nobody can do anything. Can't budge him, can't move him. He is a powerful God. He's a mighty God. He's more than enough for what you need in your life. He's more than enough for what I need in my life. He's more than enough for what we need in this day and time. Oh, how we need to turn our lives back to him. David said, you're, you're more than enough for me. David knew that there was one that would be more than enough to protect him. 
delivering. So he calls unto him, Lord, for deliverance. He's more than enough to meet our great need in today. He's more than enough to bring you close in your relationship with him. Preacher, I haven't walked with the Lord in years. Haven't been close to him like I used to. You think I could ever get that back? Oh, yeah. He's more than enough. For that sweet fellowship to bring you close to him. Cry unto him and draw near to him like David did in your walk with him and cry unto him and, and, and to fill you uh, with his power and with his presence. Cry unto him to set your soul on fire for him. Cry unto him to stir you again for the, the things of God. And he said, I'll do that. Preacher, can he do that again? Can, I used to be excited about the Lord. I used to be faithful to God. Can he, can he cause me to be that again? Yeah, cry unto him. He's more than enough. Well, preacher, you don't know what's happened. Doesn't matter what's happened. He's more than enough. Preacher, you, know how far I, you don't know how far I've grown. Doesn't matter. He's more than enough. But preacher, you don't know what, what I'm struggling. Doesn't matter. He's more than enough this morning to, to bring you close to him and to have that fellowship with you and to love you and to hold you close and dear to him. Oh, he wants that in your life. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and my voice unto the Lord. Did I make my supplication? He's more than enough to bring revival to the church and to your heart. Boy, boy, we're in a trouble. In, in, in these troubles today, we, we don't see reviving. If we don't see a reviving of the, of the church today and Christians getting back to the Lord, hey, listen, it's gone. We've got to get on our face. We've got to get serious. Can I tell you something? I'm not here to play games. I'm, not, I, 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 I'm, I'm 61. I've got, if the Lord tarries, I've got... X amount of years left to, to really get in there and pour it out. Can I tell you something? I'm not here to play games. Besides, I think he's coming back before I get out of here anyway. And the thing of it is, the church needs to come alive and the church needs to come alive. Christians need to begin to hit the altars again and call on God to save their family members, to save their, their, their friends and their neighbors and their co-workers and, and, the, and the person down the street and, and people that they meet at, at the grocery store or wherever they're at. Man, we got to get serious about this thing again. Oh, preacher, can we see revival? Can we see people get saved again? Oh, can I tell you? He's more than enough. He's still in the saving business. He still cares about the lost soul. He still cares about you me he's more than enough but he wants us to draw near to him I poured out my complaint before him I showed him my trouble he's more enough to bring revival and moving of the Lord in the church today and in our town into our state into our nation he tells us in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people that's you and me which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will heal their land. Do you want what we need in America today? Oh yeah, preacher, we, man, 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 we, boy, we need, to, we need to just come up there and just wipe and clean the whole thing out up there in Washington and man, just start over. I'm not going to disagree, but the fact is that's not what we need. Really? Uh -huh. What we need is God's people to turn to the Lord with all their heart and with all their soul, with all their mind, seeking Him and drawing nigh unto Him. You see, 
whether or not things ever turn around politically and in the nation, what's needed is for God's people to draw near to Him. Oh, I'd like to see the other. But you know where it starts? Right here. With God's people. And then we'll begin to put the right people in. And God will see that and He'll change things. He's more than enough to meet the need in your life and in my life. He's more than enough to change this nation, to change the church, to change your home, to change your family. He's more than enough. We need to cry unto Him. We need to pour out our hearts to Him. He's more than enough. Could I say this tenderly? I believe the Lord's standing. Almost as He's standing, possibly at the altar. He looks out across the congregations of churches all across this nation. He says, would you come? Would you draw nigh to me? Would you seek me with all your heart? And I'm going to say something. I'm not, going, and I'm not preaching against it, but I'm just going to say something right now. Churches are full in, in Missouri right now of professed Christians who care more about what's going to happen at the ball game tonight than what happens at the church house today. To preacher, that's meddling. I think the Bible calls it preaching. I'm not against the ball game. So do you want to see the Chiefs win? Yeah. But I'm more interested in what happens in this church house today. Can I tell you something? If the Chiefs win, go to the playoffs all the way through and win the Super Bowl again, will it take any soul to heaven? No. Will it change any life for the Lord? No. Will it bring families back to a place of family altar in their home? No. Will it help the drunk? No. Will it help the drug addict? No. Will it help the woman who's been sold out into prostitution? Will help our children to respect and to love authority and to be obedient? No. But the church can. If the church is following the Lord. Because you see, He's more than enough. It goes on the last verses there, and I'm not going to even read the verses, but you can read it. And David makes a promise. Lord, you take care of me. And I'm going to say ahead of time that I am going to praise you and I'm going to worship you. That's what he's saying. He said, oh, Lord, I already know that you're enough. I know you're going to take care of this. I'm in trouble right now. There's difficulties. I'm in this cave. I'm running for my life. But Lord, I know you're more than enough and I'm going to praise you right now because I know you're going to take care of it.
Can I tell you something? I'm not worried about all these things. I don't like it. I get mad once in a while. But I'm not worried about it. Why not, preacher? No, he's more than enough. And he's getting ready to catch me out of here. He's going to solve it one way or another. Revival or rapture? Say, what one are you looking for? I'd love to have revival, but all I'm looking for rapture. Are you ready? He's more than enough. Let's bow. Father, we thank you. We love you. And we pray, Lord, you be with us now during this invitation. Lord, there is no doubt in my mind that even in this group here, there may be some here that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They may have religion, but they're not on their way to heaven. They may have been baptized, but they're not on their way to heaven. They may have their name on a church roll, but they're not on their way to heaven. Because they've never put their faith and trust in you. They're trusting in man's works. They're trusting in doing something themselves. Lord, I pray that you just draw them. Help them to realize that time is short. They don't have a promise of tomorrow. Their hope is in you today. The Bible tells us to not harden our hearts as in the day of provocation. That today is the day of salvation. Lord, I pray that as Christians we'd find a place at these altars this morning. As No doubt you're standing there calling us to it, Lord, to take a hold of you, Lord, for revival. Take a hold of you for for the needs in the church and needs in people's lives and to save souls and to change our nation and Lord, just see revival across this land. Lord, help us to do what you tell us to do. Lord, we know you're more than enough. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning with your head bowed?